Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. Uh, it's me, David Reed. I am back after a brief time away, but I am not alone. Joining me is... Uh, uh, my number one, uh, Mr. Marek Larwood. How are you doing, Marek? Very well, David, and I'm just stroking Buddy, who's walked into the room. Buddy, just, the podcast just, dog, just is back. Say farewell. Uh, this is our final episode of Film Fandango, for reasons we have made clear previously, I believe. We hate films. Uh, joining us is uh, Danielle Ward, uh, creator of Film Fandango, Danielle Mother Ward. Mother of Film Fandango. <laughs> Mother of Fandangas. Yeah. Um, how are you doing, Danielle? I'm all right. I might have to leave, because I have a small baby strapped to my front, like you, a suicide vest. <laughs> it's a bit like a suicide vest. Uh, and when that goes off, yeah, when it goes off, the oof. smell is terrible. <laughs> is it? Is it called a suicide baby vest? It is not. No. I wonder if they sell more or less. <laughs> well, they sell uh, papooses with sort of uh, old pap- felt, felt dynamites attached to them. You just a holder for your bottles. That's, oh, that'd be nice, yeah. wouldn't it? And you could get sniped by the police. Yeah. That would be good. I think talking about the papoose that uh, Danielle is sporting, is it called a papoose? Mm. It's a baby sling, I think. Why don't they have utility stuff in the belt? You can use like a phone, something to put your phone Should in. Should do, shouldn't they? Well, the rem- what emergency wet wipes is probably one of the big things. You need a whole bag for that sort of stuff. Batarangs, grappling hook. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that wet wipes are suddenly your num- number one on your shopping list? It's muslins. Muslins. They're coming over here, <laughs> cleaning up our babies. Wiping their faces. <laughs> um, we are... We're, we're going to talk about, uh, well, our, our memories. We're going to reminisce like self-indulgent assholes for a bit. But um, this is about films, mostly. Uh, thanks for keeping keeping the podcast going in our absence, Marek. How have you been enjoying it? It's all the right. Freedom. I didn't realise how much work it was, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's quite a lot, yeah. isn't it? I mean, you didn't last long, did you? <laughs> well, I did about three months, but then it was going to... It was... The cinema was a bit too expensive. And then, yeah. And then it's a lot of meeting people. Well, that's awful. Running out of friends. <laughs> Hey, there'll always be Simon Fielder. Good old Simon. And Simon Fielder's done a sterling job. I think he's been a guest about three or four times. That's right. I think he's now overall our most recurring guest. Well done, Simon Fielder. And and people might not know that he's actually a fictional character. (laughs) That's right. He's a voice that Marek does. Yeah. You're just talking to yourself. It's me talking to myself. I thought to save save money, I'll make up this character called Simon Fielder. 
bit OCD sort of guy. Yeah. Very, it's a very believable name as well, isn't it? Yeah. You've not gone crazy. Well, with I thought the name. Fielder. I thought, do you know what? I've moved the E and the I around so it sounds different. And I'll it's, make Because him... a fielder, I think it's quite a clever name, because a fielder, like in cricket, is just one of the masses, aren't they? Just yeah. sort of anonymous, normal bloke. Yeah. Yeah. I've made, I've made him quite positive and happy and chirpy to counteract my demeanour. Everyone should create their own Simon Fielder. And he's black, of course. Yeah, he's black, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's black, but he had he, both his hands amputated and he's got replaced with one Indian man's hand and one Chinese man's hand. Did that come up a lot in the no, I didn't. I didn't reference it until now, I was going to say right, now. Okay, right. So he's the ultimate, um, ultimate man. The ultimate, wow. <laughs> global, global fielder. <laughs> what would your alter ego be? Uh, probably something quite different. Imagine if you, you made me up. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe this is just a voice I've been doing for six years or however long it is. And I've spawned my own characters. You have? Wow, imagine... It's like the film Split, if you've seen such a thing. I haven't. I thought it was one of... um, When he started... What's his name? Started doing shit films. James McAvoy. Shyamalan or James McAvoy. Both. Yeah. Both. What's uh, their names? It's a very disappointing film that uh, has uh, made you watch a superhero film without you knowing about it. Mm. Yeah. It's stealth injecting you with the thing you hate the most. You think it's going to be a normal film, but then it isn't. Yeah, we've seen some good films since, yeah, uh, since not doing d- this. What have you seen? Well, um, you'll have to tell us if you've talked about them on the show, because I've listened to a few, but I haven't kept up with it entirely. Get bored, get bored. I hate podcasts, um, so I haven't listened to any of them. Dan hates the audio medium. Yeah, I hate it. Um, uh, we saw Riot in Cell Block 99. I have not seen that. the last film that I saw before giving birth. And then I nearly bled to death. It's almost like my body knew. <laughs> it's a hor- it's Vince Vaughn, who I don't usually like. Ah, oh, this is Simon Fielder. Sim- my alter ego is Simon Fielder. <laughs> yes. I watched it when I was Simon Fielder. Oh, yeah. And I was unable to retain the information. <laughs> right. My, that's the thing. He's such a great creative personality that I can't... It's almost like a mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you can't recall things you've done as... No, I don't know what horrors I've done. Probably quite a few... <laughs> From what I've heard about Simon Fielder, quite a few horrors. But you know how awful Vince Vaughn is? He's in, great in this. He's really good. He plays this sort of... Brick shithouse. Brick shithouse, but to a comedy point of view, where he gets things smacked over his head and he just barely reacts. And he is basically uh, a father and a good guy now, but gets dragged back into a world of crime and sent to prison. And it slowly descends into a horror Basically, the genre shifts into a horror as just he becomes the monster inside. And it's by the same guy who did Bone Tomahawk, which we uh, I've talked about before and absolutely love, that it starts as a Western and turns into a horror slowly. So he's got a trick. Is there anything as um, horrific as... The moment anyone who's seen Bone Hom- Tomahawk, Tomahawk. Is- yeah, he tries. He tries to top Bone Tomahawk in this. Um, it's not quite as yeah, horrific. It's but not it's, quite as. I think it's more comical. I think. Yeah. Um, the, the acts of violence. There are ideas. You know, there's this thing. That what he's trying to do is save his wife's pregnant, and they've got the abortionist who's going to go in and take all the baby's limbs off while it's yeah, still he's in the got, womb. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, that's the big what? thing. That's yeah. the threat over his head. Like he's got this weird uh, Japanese uh, surgeon who. Um, who's really odd and and got these brand new techniques where he's going to amputate all of the baby's limbs but keep it alive whilst it's still in the womb if he doesn't do what they tell him to. I mean, that's almost... It's, that's so ridiculous. It is. Yeah. But it, the film's quite ridiculous. 
Is Vince Vaughn good, uh, knowingly good, or is he good as in... He's, he's knowingly good. He's good, yeah. Uh, like he, but he portrays almost no emotion, which is what he's very good at, because because he's not a very good actor. Is that is that fair? I don't know. He's a limited actor. Maybe he makes I, d- I just think that... But when, what was the first one he did? Uh, was it not Clerks? Or what was the one he did with... Oh, he, um, did, he did Swingers. Swingers, that's it. Another one with John Favreau. Yeah, I he think, was, I thought. I think I don't like him because he's done... Didn't he do the... Like, Kevin... Is not Kevin Smith. Who's the other guy that looks like Vince Vaughn? The fat... The fatter John Favreau. No, they're, they're in... They're always on posters together. Kevin Hart. No, that's the, no. that guy. Um, the other guy, Paul Blart Mallcop. Oh, yeah, that... F- Fuck, his name right. is Kevin, isn't it? Yeah, Kevin something. He was in that crappy TV series, and it's always, uh, whenever I watch American football, there's always adverts for that. Yeah. He's just uh, talking, his wife just literally feeding his one nine jokes. Uh, Kevin James. Kevin James. Yeah. I hate. I think I hate Vince Vaughn because he's a bit like Kevin James. Sort of, he's the all American man. And he's he's who wed- every American man wants to be. Yeah, and he's in Wedding Crashes, which isn't Yeah, weird. he's in a lot of films with Owen Wilson, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Owen that was Wilson's quite good. weird penis nose. Yeah. I've seen him in uh, in uh, Regent's Park a few times. Did you see, what does his nose look like in real life? What does his penis look like in real life? His penis looks, looks like, like a, a nose. nose. Yeah, that, a really <laughs> sweet little button nose, like a baby's nose. Owen Wilson and his penis nose. <laughs> what else have you seen then? Uh, that was probably the best one I've seen. It was really good. It was really good. Like, Incredibly violent. Yeah. Um, I've seen I'm, a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and well, that's a th- you have to start your Grey's Anatomy podcast for that. <laughs> yeah, I saw Valer- uh, Valerian, City of a Thousand oh, Planets. And how weird is that? It's not as weird as it wants to be. It's basically just CGI budget and no characters, mm. and the story's a bit and yet shit. You watched it, didn't you? I did. Well, I'm um, you know I've, I've read some of the Valerian comics. You know, they're, they're French, so they're like sci-fi Asterix, basically. Mm. And I was a big Asterix fan as a kid, so I gave it a go. It's not really worth watching. Um, I watched Breaks, which is an independent um, British film um, With about one couples. One of the great British Bake Off judges in it. Is it what? Oh, Noel Fielding. Yeah. Oh, um, it's got <laughs> Julia Davis, Noel Fielding, Julian <laughs> Barrett, um, uh, oh. Kerry Fox is in it. Um, uh, Paul McGann is in it. Anyway, and it's basically uh, like six couples. Uh, you see the day they split up mm-hmm. um, and then you see the day they got together um, and that's it that's the whole film and it's sort of very sort of little portraits almost like an art project actually so uh, they all end up splitting up at the end of you, it no, no they split up at the beginning and then you see them get together afterwards because you see their relationship when they're sort of at the most toxic and, and don't work and you sort of don't understand why they'd be together at all and then you see the reason they got together in the first place so none of the couples are still together no bit depressing isn't it well yeah it's quite a bleak Valentine's Day it's quite a bleak film Mm. but it was it was interesting enough I gave it um, six Davids Uh, I saw Jim and Andy that documentary we did we talked about that one yeah what did you make of it I thought it was incredible yeah but probably not for the reasons Jim Carrey thinks it's incredible right why 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 is it incredible because Jim Carrey is a lunatic like so self-involved like the things he comes out with like he he, oh, I wish I he was met um, Andy Kaufman's children this is, yeah. um, in character and genuinely believes that they got to say goodbye because they got to talk to him, Jim Carrey, in character. Oh. 
yeah. and it's like it's a portrait of a total narcissist no I don't I thought it was um, uh, I thought he had incredible balls it's behind the scenes have you heard about Jim Andy no it's behind I the know scenes I know it's behind the uh, man on the moon isn't it yeah, yeah so there's actual scenes where you've got they're recreating taxi and taxi they use the original taxi cast and Jim Carrey's playing in the corner exactly how he would yeah. everyone's freaking out because it's almost as if they're doing a film or something happening in real life yeah. and Danny DeVito's saying looking at camera saying this is exactly how he was but Danny DeVito's playing his agent but this is the taxi. bit I don't believe I don't believe a word of that because there, that is the only shot in the entire film where anyone else is allowed to say what they thought about the process the only person allowed to talk about it is Jim Carrey um, well, I think that, that was a fault. That was, I think, that was a fault of the. We both, Simon. Well, no, because me I, me and myself, Simon, Phil right, spoke about that, yeah. and <laughs> we thought that that, that was what, what was missing. I think it was total bullshit. Like the film's really interesting, but not for the reasons it thinks it is. Like I totally think that is not who Andy Kaufman was at all. Jim Carrey, basically, on the set, is a total dick to everyone constantly, as if Andy Kaufman was the guy in uh, when he's performing off stage as well and from talking to his mates he doesn't seem to be actually he was a decent nice polite bloke and Jim Carrey's energy is so cocainey compared to how sort of unthreatening Andy Kaufman was like that was almost part of the joke of him doing all the wrestling is he doesn't seem like a threatening guy if Jim Carrey came at me in an alleyway I'd be fucking terrified um, I thought your ear off. I thought it was fascinating Absolutely fascinating, but I thought it was one man making a documentary about how great he was. Mm. Um, I saw um, Whitney Houston, Can I Be Me? I was thinking, <laughs> and how was that? So, I compared to, um, I know it's a different filmmaker, but compared to the documentaries such as Amy and Senna, the, it's Nick Bloomfield who made the Whitney Houston one. It's really quite boring. Is it? It's not really that. In- I mean, it's like it's interesting because Whitney Houston's interesting, but it didn't manipulate me in the way that I want modern documentaries to. <laughs> yeah, so they, so they lose the whole sense of being a documentary. Yeah, yeah. I want I, I want a documentary to make me weep, and it it really didn't it didn't do that. Icarus is a good one to watch. Is it? And tell you one that is a very Danielle film. I thought casting John Bonet. Oh, really? You know about John Bonet, the beauty queen? Yeah. They. Uh, it stayed with me this film this, it's a great I recommend it to Netflix? Tim Lester I think it was on uh, Netflix he basically casts all the uh, uh, this is maybe heard before but it's worth saying again there's the sirens back they're Yay! right there um, so John Bonet was a sort of six year old beauty queen who was found uh, was murdered found in their parents basement found it behind the wine cellar in a secret room and there was a, a, a ransom note that they wrote and there's a debate whether the mother killed her, the father killed her, the, her brother killed her, or raccoons the killed raccoons, her. or there was some sort of weird sex uh, cult oh, thing. Oh, God, yeah. Because there was uh, other stuff. Anyway, this director's gone and cast all the characters from the local area, so using local sort of professional actors, and they're redoing the scenes over and again, and you cut between different actors. Then they get interviewed the actors as to what they thought. It's just a fascinating wow, cross between. Good. I haven't seen anything what a brilliant concept brilliant idea because these actors are they're quite good actors yeah but they just you realise how much your eyes train for Hollywood when someone's face isn't quite symmetrical they look quite weird <laughs> um, 
but they're quite good actors and then they've got these great stories about how they face death in their life and they become interesting it's just really yeah I've still not watched it but it, it sounds like a brilliant just the concept is just excellent yeah yeah a really clever way of doing it um yeah so that's one I'd recommend you I saw Nobody Speak Trials of the Free Press have you heard about this it's about the um uh, Hulk Hogan case that sank Gorka right um and it's a it's a fascinating look at America right now well, what's interesting about the Hulk Hogan case he basically Gorka released a sex tape of him banging his friend's wife and then he sued for emotional damages was and other stuff he in Hulk Hogan costume well this is what's interesting is that um part of their defense was because well, you can't be suing for emotional damages because you were bragging about the sex video on Howard Stern's radio show. And Hulk Hogan says, no, I was in character when I did that. And so it's actually the first time someone's gone, well, that wasn't my, those weren't my actions because I was in character. And he, he won the case as well. Um, and Don't say that. Andrew Lawrence will try next. <laughs> Comedians do that a lot, though. They say yeah. it's yeah, they yeah. in character. Yeah. That's, why I've distu- that's why I've distinguished between myself and Simon Field. <laughs> yeah. Simon Field is your, your burglary character, isn't it? You do all of your burglary I as do, Simon Field. I do all the bad stuff as me, <laughs> and Simon Field is all the normal Oh, okay. So yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can go back to Simon Fielder and live your life. Yeah. Have oh, that you, sounds um, nice. Have you seen Three Billboards yet? Yes. Is it good? Yes, it is. Um, so Martin McDonough, who did In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths, which and I, the Guard and the oh the Guard's great uh, as well. The Guard's yeah. my favourite of his films. Um, and everyone, he even I listened to a great interview, which was on a podcast called Colonels at the Independent do with him, and he sort of admits openly that Seven Psychopaths wasn't that good. Yeah, and um, it's just I was surprised because I thought this is going to be a slow sort of slows pacing but it's just non-stop drama is it good everybody yeah, says it's good. amazing but I don't, I don't think it's am- I don't think because obviously the Oscars are out yeah I don't think it's not amazing amazing as in sort of Birdman and Whiplash which I thought were really interesting yeah. fun films I loved Whiplash and Elizabeth hated it and I thought it was I brilliant I do not understand how you would hate Whiplash like Michael Lake hates it with a vengeance yeah and I watched it again with my brother and I thought it's so good and, it, and it's the rocky tra- the it's rocky with drums yeah. it's yeah. rocky with drums whereas La La Land um, is terrible La La Land I found quite boring I, I loved I watched it recently um, yeah. I still really like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone together I, I can I'd watch them oh it was again. his brother who made The Garden yeah it? I was going to say it's, yeah. it's his brother who made The Garden Calvary he yeah. didn't make um, that's right um, but yeah, La La Land. The music was so forgettable, and that's that's a crime for a musical, isn't it? It should have just been a non-musical. I thought I watched but, La La Land again. Yeah, I found it quite boring. Yeah, at the same time. Um, Star Wars. Finally, I saw Star Wars. Obviously, you mm-hmm. talked about it with Simon Fielder, was it? With yourself? Yes. And what did uh, the two halves of you make of it? No, what? Not Simon Fielder. With Tom Tuck. Oh, with Tom Tuck. So, what did you both make of it? We were both very disappointed that it was just uh, space stuff. <laughs> a space stuff very little stuff set in Chicago I was very disappointed by it that it was the whole oh, small ship I think a big ship thing small ship big ship you know that got, kids show you've got a massive big ship and then you think uh, we, I talked about this on the podcast and then there's no defences for quite a small ship to attack you just attacking. suicide attacking yeah so we, we can we can destroy universes but if someone comes along in a normal ship they can just drive through and shoot all our, our guns and so destroy it's like us. in the Navy 
got the really big ships, and everybody knows that a speedboat, yeah, is can take any of them down. Speedboat with an air rifle. That's right. <laughs> Done. Pew pew. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to get on a rowing boat. Oh, no, I'm going to get a uh, a lilo with a motor on the back. <laughs> take down. Take down. Barrett Lowood's one man attack on the Royal Navy. With That's a, why they're with so a scared shooter. of uh, smiley pirates. Somali. Somali. It's Somali pirates. Smiley pirates. Smiley pirates. Smiley pirates. That sounds like Smiley Cyrus, doesn't it? <laughs> Where are we going with this? Um, no, basically, Star Wars, I thought, you know, it looked beautiful, but uh, the story was shit. I don't, people have been picking it apart for loads and loads and loads of different reasons. Different things annoyed different people, but I just thought the story was rubbish. Um, they, they spent so long on Luke's Island doing nothing. Nothing. Um, the best story I heard was when um, I think it was France, Francesca Scalici, I can't pronounce her name properly, wrote in to say that the porks were just. Did you hear that? They, they were. To CGI place over the top of puffins. Yeah. yeah. The puffins oh, yeah, I did hear about that. That's nice. It's an, I, like, I like that. That's, yeah. that's creative. Yeah. It, it's better than killing all the puffins. Yeah. <laughs> Just gassing the puffins. That would be a good That's what they'd done in the 70s. That's right. Right. Well, uh, are we caught up on films? I yeah. think so. I think so. Well, um, that's us all caught up. Um, well, for the, for the very last time, I think it's time for this. Right, well, here's a letter um, from one of our podcast supporters. I've got two letters to read out. Great. Brilliant. Um, I wish to say thank you to all the nice messages that people have written on our Facebook site. Um, uh, we've read them all. It's very kind of you. Yeah. And thank you. And even Martin Appleyard's written a nice message on there. Yeah. Our second fan. But um, And thanks for including me, because I haven't been involved in this for a long time. Long, long time. I mean, I did invent it. You're, you're like a... Harry Enfield in Men Behaving Badly. Yeah. Does he come back? At no, the end? never comes oh. back. Well, he might do in the future, but probably re- they're probably remaking about ten years' time. It's it's Men Behaving Badly's turn to be remade now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is from Francis Jolly. He writes, "Bye bye, hi Marek and Simon." Probably no. He, well, that, yes. that, that was last week's episode. Do Simon's voice just for us. And oh, no, I can't do it now. <laughs> okay. I'm not in character. I need to be. I need to have a lot of uh, painkillers. Okay. Um, I'm sad to be writing my last ever email to the podcast. Film Fandango has been with me almost since I started in, in down in Tusk's download podcast back in 2011. Every Friday, I'm excited to download the podcast and welcome familiar voices into my ears on the commute to work. You introduced me to films such as Dear Zachary and King of Kong and Volksball. Yes. Yeah. And read out the majority of emails I've sent in, including a dedicated dedicating entire show to my best film per decade letter. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the joy that Film Fandango and guests has given me and they've helped me through escapes from rather black holes. I wish you uh, you all the best with your inferior po- podcast. What? <laughs> keep watching keep watching the films. But yeah, so sad to never get a chance to win that celebrated Oscar certificate, Fran Jolly. Yeah, yeah um, sorry. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> Everything comes to an end, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and here's one I forgot to read out from Chris Webb. Chris Webb. It wouldn't be the final episode without an email from Chris Webb. Uh, this is entitled A Nice Time at the Movies. Dear American Special Friend, he's not wrong. <laughs> I thought it was a good time to get back in touch as there seemed to be another correspondent with a similar name to me getting on the show every week. Who's that? 
Um, I don't know who that was. This is the letter that Chris emailed Webb sent him in December, but I forgot to read out, so he forwarded it to me again to make sure I did read it out. We often hear about people's bad experiences at the cinema due to obnoxious customers, rude staff, etc. So I want to know about any lovely experiences the Fandanglers have had at the movies, preferably while still wearing pants and trousers. For example, I was on holiday with the family recently. On a rare, rainy day, I took Mrs. Chris and the kids, seven and three, to the nearest cinema, the Mercury... Are they the Borg? <laughs> seven off three, uh, to the nearest cinema, the Mercury, in uh, uh, Wittianga. Uh, it's pronounced Fittianga. Okay, Fittianga. We chose Paddington 2. Ten Chris's. It was $10 ticket day, and that's about £5. So we're expecting a pretty uh, cheap trip anyway. However, the assistant looked at my three-year-old daughter and said, this is a good opportunity for Marek to do his Kiwi accent. Do you want to do that line? Ooh. <laughs> oh, she's only little. She can go for free. Then the guy behind us in the queue, who was coincidentally rather rotund with a big white beard, bought my daughter some popcorn. I checked it first. (laughs) Throughout the film, my kids were completely quiet, except for the time my seven-year-old shushed someone behind us who was talking. It worked. Everyone stayed quiet, except for the funny bits of the film when they were allowed to laugh. It was my youngest daughter's first ever trip to the cinema, so we wanted it to be memorable. I can't think of a more special trip to the movies, except for my first ever date with my wife when we were told off for laughing at Hannibal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> great first date movie Hannibal so come on you lot never mind bad cinema experiences tell us about the good ones I hope you all have a brilliant Christmas wow thinking ahead and keep watching the films in 2018 lots of love Chris Webb uh, good cinema experiences I can only think of one which I have told on the podcast before but I'll tell it again when I was very young um my, it was Christmas and my cousins were over to stay and, you know, big family thing. And my parents said we were going to go to a house party of a friend of theirs. I was like, oh, Ugh. God, that sounds like the most tedious thing mm. children can ever be. But, you know, did what I was told and we were all packed into the two cars and driving. I said, where on earth are we going? And then we pulled, we pulled in unexpectedly into the car park of the massive Warner Brothers you know big Warner Brothers logo with spotlights what's going on and as a surprise they were taking us to see the brand new film that had just come out Muppet Christmas Carol oh great and it was the best Christmas surprise ever because it was such a good film as well I have no lovely cinema experiences they've always been awful or you know what I've paid my money for (laughs) Um, though when I was four years old my mum and my auntie Jane who isn't a real auntie took me to see the film Baby the last dinosaur which no one's ever heard of I have yeah yeah but a couple find a dinosaur in New York and put it in their apartment it's the first thing I went to see at the cinema. The film that was on before it was Frank and Weenie, the original one, which really scared me, and I think that's why I really like weird stuff now. And I saw Baby, and after we'd been to see Baby, you were still... Uh, this is at a time... So this was the early 80s when you could still smoke everywhere, and my Auntie Jane and my mum had been smoking and then putting their bags out in a, in my Coke cup. Oh. And then I went and drank my Coke, and oh. it was disgusting. And I was four years old, and that's why I've never smoked. That's not a good memory. <laughs> Why are you telling that story? We're on such a high. What's wrong with you? That's why I've never smoked. Is that why you taste of ash? That's why I hate people putting out, like at parties, people putting cigarettes in cups. Right. In case you eat them like I did. I've done that before. I've, I've seen a man uh, a man eat, drink an ashtray because he was no. so pissed. No. I've seen a man... <laughs> 
Yeah, what was he like? I can't remember. <laughs> my best experience, well, I think I talked about before, when I went with my friend John Bradley during some holiday to see Terminator 2, completely empty cinema, lake cinema, sat right in the middle. Great, great film. Really good. Yeah, just a nice experience. The thing is, the problem is, nice stories aren't satisfying to hear. No. They're not as satisfying as horror stories. As the drinking a cup full of coke and ash. Yeah. As a four-year-old. Yeah. Imagine if I just said it was a great time we were in the cinema, <laughs> and the very last second, some spunk hit me on the forehead and I realised there's a bloke wanking in the last row. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be awful. It was it? the star of the film, it wanking. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but he was wanking Get off. The Lord of my he was wanking off Terminator, the Terminator 3. Terminator 3? Who's Terminator the 3? The metal guy, the liquid guy. That's Terminator 2. That's the liquid okay, man, the T-1000. Liquid and it wasn't, he was actually a bit of the T-1000 on my head. Isn't not. Terminator 3 a lady? Uh, yes, the Terminatrix. <laughs> and there's Terminator, Terminator Genesis, that's Terminator... Genesis. Genesis. You've forgotten Terminator Salvation. Yeah, you have. I think I stopped watching it after 10 minutes. They, it, Terminator has never recovered. Uh, it's, you may as well just ignore them entirely after number two. Like, Three's num- all right. Three looks like an episode of Columbo. Like, whoever was the DOP on that <laughs> looks like they're making That's a, quite t- good though, isn't it, a TV movie. Yeah, not for a sci-fi dystopian oh. epic. Yeah, like he's just got coverage of everyone. That's all he's been doing. It's terrible. Um, yeah. Well, there's our cinema experiences, aren't they? Thank you for all your letters over the years. Thank you. Um, I'm going to be taking the baby to the cinema. When? What? Are you, what are you going to make her first film? Well, I wanted to go see Three Billboards, but we were busy last week. So there's a thing in London. You can take your baby to the cinema. Right. Of a morning. Well, Not you th- any cinema. Is yeah, yeah. You have to specific. It's ones. quite common now, isn't it? Yeah. They've only just started doing dog screenings, yeah. but you can do baby screenings. But there isn't a baby in dog screening. Oh. Have to go separately then. Yeah. Um, yeah, but thank you for your letters. Thank you for your letters. Yeah, well done. Um, as far as for anyone we didn't read them out, it's purely... Um, incompetence. Incompetence. Ad- admin incompetence and general incompetence. I mean, if I was doing that as Simon Fielder, I would have done, but uh, fortunately... He's a shrewd man. Yeah, I've done it as Mark Lara and been very incompetent. Oh, dear. Um... If we could cast our minds back, because when did we start this guff? Was it 2011? October 2011, someone put on the Wikipedia, which is the source of all facts. Wow. So it's now true. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, but what's... What, okay, first things first. What have been the worst films you've Dark had to... Dark Shadows. <laughs> yes, correct. That's one point to Danielle. Dark fucking shadows. Dark shadows is such a poor film. Have you seen it, Merrick? No. What happens in that? It's Johnny Depp being a vampire in a comedy. Uh, it, Tim directed by Tim Burton. Probably. And it's so Burton regurgitating Burton, and it's doing vampire jokes that were old when the monsters did them. Yeah. Like it's just doing. Yeah. You know. Like, like watching television and go, what is this strange thing? And going round the back to see where all the little people are. It's like, that's such an old joke. Joy Jep's on the turn now, hasn't he? He's turned to some weird sort of... Uh... Well, he's been on the turn for ages. Oh, has he? Yeah, I mean, if he, if he was a bottle of milk, he'd have been <laughs> right. smelling bad for at least... Ten years. Now he's cheese, what right? Film, now he's cheese, yeah. What now film you... did the debt milk turn? Somewhere through Pirates of the Caribbean, wasn't it? Because th- you haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean. No, the first Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, is a genuinely good sort of Disney kids film. Like, mm. I think it's great. And But it's definitely that franchise that sort of poisoned his soul, wasn't it? Like, he definitely went shit during that uh, process. Well, he obviously thought he... 
he could do an English accent and he was a bit like Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, he's an actor. He's quite good in it. But um, have you heard... I don't know if this story is true, but have you heard the original intended ending for Birdman? No, what Johnny Depp comes in it. Yeah, so originally... Um, spoilers. Uh, well, not spoilers. I'll try not to spoiler it. What happens at the end of Birdman happens. Yeah, I've right? seen Birdman. Okay, fine. Then... Um, because uh, it's been one continuous shot following Michael Keaton. Yes. Anyway, then it cuts for the first time, and Michael Keaton's character is on a chat show talking about the experiences of what he went through uh, during the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, the camera then leaves him on stage and goes backstage into the dressing rooms of this TV studio now, rather than the theatre that the whole of Birdman set in. And it joins the other guest on the programme in his dressing room, Johnny Depp who has a poster of Pirates of the Caribbean 4 behind him and he's looking into a mirror and the voiceover goes um, you're a piece of shit Mahati and cuts to black the idea being that Johnny Depp is trapped in one role just like this fictional guy is trapped uh... in the Birdman but rather than shoot it Johnny Depp accepted um, the role in Pirates of the Caribbean 4 so rather than go with the art film that would have bought him a lot of of cred for yeah. you know he just went no I'm going to continue making these increasingly bad hot, uh, yeah but he's Disney got films. 20 million pound one wasn't he yeah. but he hates himself right I hate him too yeah Daniel hates yeah. him and Johnny hates him they're the big two <laughs> oh, Simon Fury likes him oh well, that's good he's very different to you isn't yeah. he yeah welcome to the punch was my worst film yeah odious the worst of the- British gangster, horrible macho mm. bullshit. Even the title, Welcome to the Punch, what arsehole wrote that. What does that mean? Just a dickhead. Is that thing, what you say it? when you hit someone? Welcome to the punch, yeah, mate. Yeah, welcome to the punch, mate. Everyone walks around with their shoulders going up and down, with their legs oh. spreading your legs as far as you can, you're calling everyone a fucking prick, mate. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen. Which the Circle, which is one of the worst films ever made, Netflix special. Oh yeah, really odd sort of Google YouTube sort of trying to be a critique of that with Emma Watson, but Ooh. it's really str- struggles. The Sweeney was bad. Sweeney sounds bad. Yeah, trying to look at all my one is. Let's talk about. Should we talk about our favourite films? Then we've watched during this um, uh, the business. Oh yeah, what have we finished on shit films? Oh, then? you can't. What, you, well, I'm just. I've got hey, a whole list remember. of all of the Love Witch you didn't like, did you? I thought the Love Witch was absolute shit. <laughs> but it looked amazing. I thought it was a really, really boring, bad film. Yeah. If you've seen any 60s psych films, they're way weirder and more fun than that. Yeah, it, I thought the Love Witch was a bit of a fanfic. Just. They should work in adverts, whoever made that. Um, Favourite films? Uh, mm, tricky I'll tell you a film that's properly stayed with me that I am always really keen to watch again mm-hmm. is Under the Skin I think Under the oh, really? Skin has at least three genuinely groundbreaking shots that I've never seen in a cinema before the beach scene the beach scene yeah. the scene where the guy gets in the van with her mm-hmm. the scene where the guy gets um Refined, you know, yes. processed yeah. is incredible. The bit where there's the, t- the two guys when they're both in the black and they sort of recognise it when they're not rec- they, they see that there's another person there, and so it gives them a sense of what is happening to them rather than some yeah, abstract yeah. thing. That scene is incredible. I think Jonathan Glazer makes incredible films. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dear Zachary is one we've talked about a lot. We've we've tailed off talking about it in recent uh, yeah. episodes, but um, I've just 
as a find you know that's what's been so satisfying about doing this is when people recommend things that you've never ever heard of and dear Zachary epitomises that for me and um, when Lizzie Roper brought in World's Greatest Dad as well I think oh, probably God, yeah. World's Greatest Dad is absolutely fantastic yeah. um, that nobody will well, we'll watch because and the advertising for it's terrible. Oh my god, World's Greatest Dad is, is brilliant, and also um, uh, we've mentioned it already. But Bone Tomahawk, we yeah. would never have watched if it hadn't been for a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what did I read? Uh, so, well, Blue is almost cut. Everyone knows I bang on about that. Yeah, um, minus the lesbian scene, which is the worst thing in it. Um, the art, the act of killing. Art of Killing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The documentary about the. Um, it's incredible. It just, uh, I didn't wasn't really expecting what it was, and it just jaw dropping, jaw droppingly good. Uh, the Act of Killing. Yeah. Um, what else have I really enjoyed? My best film was have been things like Birdman, Whiplash. I thought were amazing. Um, Drive. I love Drive. I love Drive. Yeah. When it first, uh, one of the few times when you come out the cinema. When you think, oh, I just want to be Ryan Gosling, when you're blown away. I mean, the first time I ever saw it, I mean, when I first saw Seven in the cinema, I thought, yeah. fuck, that was incredible. You want to be Morgan Freeman? I know, I want to be Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you. Not anymore. That's why you cut your fingerprints off, I, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, abducted that woman. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was, first Hang of all, on, Kevin Spacey's worst crimes. <laughs> what? No, I'm talking about the character John oh, Doe. I thought it was about actual John, Kevin Spacey. Actual Kevin Spacey. What I find incredible is that in LA Confidential, he plays the the police officer who sets up the guy for dodgy sex acts. Yeah, he, yeah. He plays his alter, you know, what's the word? He's the mean? showbiz cop, isn't he? The showbiz vice cop in that. LA Confidential is a bloody good film. We've yeah, never great. talked about that, have we? I, I, it's one of the films I always watch when it comes on. It is great. I'm like that with American Werewolf in London. I mean, that is. I think that is. Uh, I mean, we thought we were going to do a top five films. That's in my top five yeah. films, American Werewolf in London. And also The Shawshank Redemption, which is something you feel quite cringy and embarrassing about, but it's still brilliant. Yeah, what are our. It's not cool to like that. What are our IMDb scores? Our final IMDb scores? Well, I think you're in big trouble because Coco's come out, which was oh, number 37. Oh, no. And screwed everyone's final IMDb scores. But when things first come out, they tend to go high, like La La Landed, and then they dip down. Yeah, that's never um, going to be there for long. Uh, where Where is the list gone? Well, before we do that, we should plug. All our podcasts. So people who listen to this last episode think I'm really going to miss hearing um, uh, those voices. Don't worry, you can hear them again. You're still doing do the right thing, aren't you, Danielle? Yes, do the right thing. We're recording a new series that starts in February uh, at the Phoenix. Uh, that will be out. I don't know, sometime in 2014 or something. No, 2014 in the past. <laughs> 2024. Oh my God! Where, where's the time gone? It's nearly the How end of the year. Uh, soon it'll be the twenties again. I know. What the the prohibition? Yeah, yeah. Cars. We'll get cars again. We'll get cars again. Um, yeah, we're doing a new series of Do the Right Thing that we're recording that will be out later on in the year. And uh, I've got another podcast called Any Stupid Questions, which we only did. We did five episodes before I uh, had a baby. Uh, we'll be doing some more of those, and they're really good. It's like, it's like you get to ask so I get to ask stupid questions to experts about so how do I unstick my dick from this freezer <laughs> yeah that sort of thing I mean I don't think we could do find an episode. expert on that yeah 
But we've done Brexit and defence and things like that. Oh, so things like that. All right, not just just household things. Not dick glue accidents. Oh, okay. Would you get a dick expert or a glue expert in to discuss that one? Why would you glued his dick to the freezer? Well, I'm just just saying, because I've I've sat through the the whole podcast with um, my dick (laughs) stuck to the freezer... And I think it's starting to hurt a little bit. Not okay. just your dick, Simon Fielder's dick. Not just, yeah, two dicks. Two dicks in one. Wrapped like a twist ice cream. <laughs> oh, with a stick up the middle. Yeah, that's the problem, yeah. Oh, God. That's the logo of uh, the medical profession, isn't it? What, mine two dicks twisting dick. around a, a uh, lolly stick. Uh, pretty those sure. are my podcasts anyway any stupid questions and do the right thing well you can also listen to my podcast uh, Inside the Comedian which is me uh, talking to comedians about uh, the career they never had they just have to make the whole thing up they're not allowed to tell the truth that sounds easy yeah it's really easy um, it's been enormous fun I've yet to release the second series it should be out any day now who knows but Marek's in the next series so look out for that one um Aren't you? Yeah, I'm in it. I refuse to record it in front of an audience. Yeah, Marek was a real diva about it. He made me hire a studio and everything, so that was good. Um, no, it was fun. I just don't like audiences. You're quite right. I'm doing a podcast called Marek Makes a Movie, uh, where I interview filmmakers about their experience of making a film, and I eventually get around to making a film, using all the donations. So basically, I don't have to lose any of my own money making something which will no doubt be awful <laughs> but you can listen to that and the first one there should be a couple out by now is on um, iTunes or Acast or I'll, I'll put all links to all these on the Facebook site and tweet these as well okay fantastic oh, alright well that's almost uh, everything uh, so thank you all for for, for uh, doing this again um, I should say it's almost a button on this whole thing that the one absent character from our uh, our ensemble uh, which includes Danielle Marrick Buddy uh, and our daughter uh, is uh, the dick dog next Marek's door daughter. yeah that's right my Marrick's secret daughter yeah no the, the yeah. dick dog next door we have not heard a peep out of in months now. Wow! So we, we back from think the with this one. We think the dick it's been dog reincarnated as your daughter. Right. That's exactly oh the God. conclusion I was about to come to. Yeah. No, that is not. You the, think it's dead? I think the dick dog next door new film Fandango was coming to a close and decided to take its own life. Well, if you're thinking of doing that. Please don't, because it's already been done. That is, yeah. and there that, is that has been the the message of Film Fandango since the very beginning. <laughs> don't take your own life when you're listening to this. <gasps> so the whole thing was a dick dog all along. It was a dick dog all along. Wow, what a complicated plot! Well, it's been really good fun, <laughs> fun doing this. Six, well, I think I've done it for about five years. Yeah, we uh, I've excuse, done it for six. Excuse to watch films and justify them as as some sort of work. I mean, right. how am I going to justify it to myself now? I mean, How are you it, going to justify it to HMRC? Well, it'd be research. This is the only way uh, that I've got to meet, you know, uh, Johnny Depp and turn down an interview with John Cusack. So that's, oh, all, God, yeah. that's all good. Hey, I did get to meet Sam Rockwell. That's true. And I got to meet Rob Deering. Wow, Rob Deering. He brought in, he brought in one of the greatest films. Um, oh, um, uh, what's it called? Um... Midnight, Midnight Run. Run. Midnight Run. The more I watch, and I was saying this last it's week, great, isn't it? It's close to my top ten. Yeah, of all time, really. So it's so good. The more I watch it, I think it's better and better. Well, 
We will leave you on that. Watch Midnight Run. <laughs> well, for the last time, but we really do mean it. Stop. No, no, no. No, no that's not the message. <laughs> not stop watching films. The message is... <laughs> keep, keep watching, watching the, the films. films. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.